feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. And as we are talking on the Rita Cosby show about this wild outage that caused so many different major cell companies to suddenly not have service for hours. And again, it's several different companies, federal agencies investigating because they are worried about bad actors around the world that are coalescing and putting the United States in their, quote, cyber crosshairs. This all comes as we're worried about what's going on for sure in our wide open southern border. There are reports again that President Biden is planning some sort of executive action, even though he always blamed the border crisis on Trump and MAGA Republicans and said that it's all Congress that has the capabilities to change things. But now he's realizing, well, maybe he should just keep the border safe like the prior guy was doing. So he is maybe coming out with something. There are multiple reports that maybe in the next few days or at least before the State of the Union, which is in early March, right around the corner, that he will try to issue some executive action and say, look, look what I did last week. Look at all these great things and hoping that America will forget what he has not done for three years and what he has done is increase America's population by about 10 million people. How comforting is that? And many of them, most of them, we have no idea of their criminal backgrounds and where they came from, what they have done, and they have just not been vetted, most of them. That is an enormous, enormous issue. And that's why, as we're talking about all these things going on and the fear of a potential cyber attack, you could say, well, who would be behind that? Would it be China? Would Iran? Would Russia? Who would be behind it? And certainly the stakes are rising for U.S.-Russia relations. And I say that because now, after the death of Navalny, President Biden has been talking tough against Russia. He was at a fundraiser the other day in California, where he is now trying to raise big money for his reelection, even though... I don't know how he's even going to, like, get out of the bathroom, let alone run for re-election. I certainly don't think he's going to be capable to debate. But he's been out there. And at this fundraiser, he looked at a number of people and said, you know, that most people that he's talked to have said, boy, we're really worried about democracy if the other guy wins. That's what he told a crowd there. He also said that... He is worried that if Trump wins, there could be political violence. There could be upheaval. There could be a major threat to democracy. And then he also talked about Vladimir Putin, and he called him a crazy SOB, which got back to Putin, and Putin wasn't happy about that. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But it's interesting because President Biden, after the death of this Russian opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, who just suddenly died when he was going on a walk, and he's at a penal colony, a Russian prison in Siberia. It's minus 40 degrees, and he's like at age 47. Let me just take a nice little stroll. 
and suddenly he dies. Again, they had tried to poison him years before. So, and it comes right before the Russian elections. So clearly this, I think, is a message from Vladimir Putin. And Biden, yes, he is blaming Putin for Navalny's death. I think that's very appropriate. I'm glad to hear that he's doing that. But now he's got this epiphany like, oh, we're going to institute sanctions against Russia. This to me is an embarrassment. And this goes back to all of these security issues, whether we're talking about cybersecurity, whether we're talking about our open border, and whether we're talking about what is happening also with international conflicts. And boy, the world is on fire when you look at so many of the different problems. But why is he even talking about sanctions? First of all, the few sanctions that he has against Russia just haven't worked. Uh, There are reports today that Russia's economy is booming. It's doing just fine. It's doing great. They have a wartime economy. And guess what they're doing? They're also like farming it out. They're buying equipment from Iran. They're buying equipment from North Korea. They're buying equipment from China. So they're doing actually quite fine. And what is Biden's, his big action that he said that there would be devastating consequences if something happened to this Alexei Navalny, this very courageous opposition leader who now has suddenly died mysteriously? Well, what is he saying? Well, we're going to do more sanctions. So tomorrow he's going to act like big and bad John Wayne or Clint Eastwood and put more sanctions on Russia as if that's going to do anything after he has done I contend a drip, drip, drip policy. Look at what he's done with Ukraine. I'm talking about President Biden. He didn't want to give them the advanced weaponry. He didn't want to give them the F-16s. He didn't want to do all these things. Now, finally, they're getting some of the weaponry that they needed, but they're finally getting some tanks that they had asked for over a year ago. It's the two-year anniversary coming up. I mean, they can't wait. This is crazy. But now he's like, oh, we're going to go. We're really going to be tough. After he has cut oil and gas leases in our country, diminished production of oil and gas in our country, and yet he's allowed Russia to prosper and use all this money to buy equipment that they're using against Ukraine. How does this make any sense? But listen to what President Biden said in California And this is his big announcement tomorrow. This is the way this commander-in-chief acts with, to me, utter appeasement and utter weakness. This morning I had the honor of meeting with Alexei Navalny's wife and daughter. As you state the obvious, he was a man of incredible courage. And it's amazing how his wife and daughter are emulating that. We're going to be announcing the sanctions against Putin who is responsible for his death tomorrow. And uh, the one thing I made that was made clear to me is that uh, Yolanda is going to, she's going to continue to the fight he had underway. So we're not letting up. Does that frighten anybody? I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, the magical mushroom guy would be like, uh, are you kidding me? You know, somebody, Macaulay Culkin from Toy Story would be laughing at that. That guy just does not sound like he has any force behind any announcement. First of all, the substance is weak. I'm glad he talked to Navalny's family. I thought that was an important thing. And I'm glad he's condemning Putin. But give me a break. Oh, we're going to sort of issue sanctions. It is that weakness that is creating, I think, so much of our dangerous world that makes us worried when suddenly cell phones go out. 
across America. That makes us worried when we see the millions of people that are crossing our southern border. And now we're also hearing in terms of Russia that Iran is going to be sending hundreds of close-range ballistic missiles supporting Russia shortly that you know they're planning and using in Ukraine. How does this make any sense? It doesn't. And meantime, President Putin got word that Biden called him an SOB, a crazy SOB, at this private fundraising dinner because there were people in the dinner. And here's Putin's response to Biden. You asked who would be preferred as future president of the United States. I said that we would work with any president. But I suppose that for us, for Russia, Biden is more preferable. Judging by what he has just said, I was absolutely right. Wow. Uh, Putin slamming Joe Biden. I guess that's a compliment because uh, we certainly know the character of Putin. But here is Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who says that the way that Biden is talking and the way he is acting is not helpful and that he is playing with fire. I think the president's comments were fundamentally wrong in the in the sense of he is not crazy. Vladimir Putin is determined. And while he was wrong about his army's capabilities and Ukraine's capacity to uh, defend against his attack, uh, he is an actor who is acting deeply within his own country's best interest and what he's trying to achieve for it. And so to call him a crazy SOB both, I think, is beneath the office of the president and is unhelpful, given that at some point there will have to be discussions between Putin and Zelensky, almost certainly. Um, But to say that he's crazy, I think misunderstands. And frankly, Martha, this is how we lost deterrence. Uh, It's why Vladimir Putin thought he could invade, because the president of the United States didn't take seriously both the capabilities and the intentions of Vladimir Putin. And that seems to be the case in a lot of arenas. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Stan. Stan, line four. Stan, your thoughts. Who cares what Mike Pompeo thinks? He was a lousy secretary of state. He didn't do nothing. What the hell are we worrying about him? He says nothing. Uh, Stan, that's ridiculous. He First, did nothing. What Stan, did he do? Tell Stan, me what he did. Stan, uh, they what did. did but do? guess what? They had, uh, guess what? Russia didn't invade uh, any uh, any land at that time. Remember so what? Because so you know what's that, interesting? That, that you know that what's means... interesting, Stan? You look at like Crimea. That happened under Obama. God, who was Obama's vice president? Joe Biden. And then guess what happens? Russia's amassing tens of thousands of troops right on the other side of Ukraine. They've already said we'd like more of Ukraine. They went into Crimea. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. I could pull a six-year-old off the street who plays, you know, uh, war games and goes, wait a minute, that army over on the other side of the border who says they want to take this, maybe we should act tough and tell them not to. He didn't even do anything. The only thing that your guy, Joe Biden, who you seem to think is like Nostradamus and Will Shakespeare, and I think he's in a coma, uh, but regardless, your guy said, Minor incursion. Maybe if he only does a little dip and only takes over half the country, no big deal. I mean, I mean, that is the most preposterous, stupidest thing. And he gave the green light, Stan. Go ahead, my friend. Hello? Hello? Oh, I didn't know if you were finished. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought you were very good. Guess what? I thought you were acting like Joe Biden. Hello? No, dear, you're, Am you're I president the of the by United the way, States? Go ahead. By the way, wait a minute. By the way, uh, you better be worried about one thing. And that's the state of... What, you calling every night? 
Well, no, I have to listen to you. I mean, you're, you're a woman. I would worry about what the Atlanta Supreme Court says. Our embryos are human beings. Schmucks. That's the Christian right and the Republicans. Focus, Women, stay focused. Stand, 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 Ladies, stand. What do you do? Like throw everything up on the ceiling women. and see what sticks? They hate women. What do, yeah, yeah. You know what? They uh, hate women. Right. Maybe they like to protect yeah, human life. God How forbid. Is that? God How forbid. Pathetic. Stan, let, let's hear your State of the Union because I, you, you sounded pathetic, like you had an epiphany oh, there. Alabama, brain dead. How about, don't talk about the president that way. Anyway, go ahead. I'm talking about, hey, you're, hey Trump, he's as brain dead as it comes. But you better start worrying about women. That's the major point. What's going on in Atlanta? Stand, Embryos stand, are human beings? Stand. Rita, for God's sake, think. Is that, is that what it's come down to? Embryos, Rita. God's yeah, sake, Rita. God, for, God forbid people talk about preserving life. All right, Stan? Oh, but, please, Rita. But Stan, Stan, Stan hang women on. have Stan, no say. Stan, how dumb are they? Stan, how dumb is that Stan, uh, how dumb is you think, by the way, uh, your vilifying of people who are, you know, have a pro-life view is is obviously uh, very one-sided, just like every time it's Trump, it's orange man bad. Um, but let me just ask you, and I and I don't want to get into a debate on all these things. I just want to have you stay focused really quickly on the State of the Union. What what are you anticipating at the State well, of the first Union? Well, hold it. Uh, will this idiot speaker allow him to do it? We have to wait till he. It should have been done three weeks ago. Who the hell is this idiot? He's, he it's waits? already said. It's it's yeah, uh, March seventh. It 7th. should have been done already. What what are, you, what are you talking? It should have been done three weeks ago. Who is this idiot? And by the way, it was. Stan, what if you, are you if, talking about? He didn't make this. He said, you'll have to wait three weeks till after the uh, the primaries and so forth. What kind of, who is this moron, this speaker? Shouldn't it have been done three weeks ago? Yes or no? No, no. I actually, oh, I actually and by the way, by the way, guess what it's done? It's actually given time for uh, Joe Biden to finally come up with, try to figure out some solutions. You think that this guy could go well, up there and do an address? If I, were, if I were Joe Biden, I'd be counting every blessing because it gives him more time to uh, get uh, something in his system to wake up, nah, and also up, and, and for him to look at the poll numbers. Because what a surprise, the, you know, Stan, the, Stan what do you make of the fact yeah, that boy, isn't it interesting that what? he's now thinking of an executive action on the border, realizing he had this power all along? And guess what? You know darn well the, the only Senate reason no, the no, they shouldn't. Anything. It was a lousy bill. It, it was wasn't a, lousy a lousy bill. bill. Stan, it was a lousy bill. It was codifying illegal activity because it said up to 5,000 people a day for a total of a week. And that's why it was preposterous, Stan. Preposterous. And this president knows that he is playing politics with our border. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.
This is the Rita Cosby Show. Coming up, we are going to talk about yet another attack, this one involving a migrant who was stabbed in a crazy fight that took place involving dozens of people. And guess where it happened again? Times Square, the crossroads of the world in New York City. Also, President Biden looking at executive action. What a surprise. He always said, oh, only Congress can fix the border. And now he's realizing that he is tanking in the polls and getting desperate. All that and a lot more after the break here on the Rita Cosby Show. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line four. Tony, uh, your thoughts about uh, all this craziness and how scary all these multiple threats are all at the same time. Hi, Rita Cosby. So tonight my topic is really on the psychological. And listening to your list caller, it really made me realize that I am on topic. So here's, here's what I want to put out to the universe. Our president clearly has mental impairments and physical impairments. And like we were saying last night, let's not blame it all on that. When we look at our president, when he was a vice president, when he was a senator as a vice president, he did a lot of damage to Ukraine, mean stuff. And he he used them. We went through that on one of the calls, how he just took advantage of them when he was there to help them. We heard stories about how he tormented his ex, his ex's husband because he wanted the house and they weren't going to give it to him. So they tormented him and threatened him. We've heard stories now about he want, how he wants to go after the FBI agent who said his son has a Russian connection. The man is mean and rotten, and we're seeing it. And now he's showing us he was always that way. That's an interesting point. Do you think maybe with his degradation, people sort of show their true colors, their true stripes? That may be the case. Cosby is on. South of the border, down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love when the stars above came out to play. Well, we are talking about lots of the problems coming to America from south of the border, from old blue eyes. You can't go wrong when you play a little bit of Frank Sinatra. I love Sinatra. He's just fantastic. And sadly, what is happening at our border is definitely not fantastic. Some of the numbers are stunning of the amount of people that are crossing our border and many of them from some of these other countries that clearly don't have our best interest at heart, like Iran and Syria and Russia and Chinese. And in fact, there were some new numbers that just came out recently 
from the Customs and Border Protection saying that close to 7.3 million, 7.3 million illegal crossings since Joe Biden has taken office. And guess what? They believe at least two to three million are gotaways in addition to that. So do the math. That's more than 10 million people. There was a problem, as you heard uh, the other night, at Randall's Island. That's a migrant shelter, a big one in New York, when they suddenly went to arrest somebody, the NYPD. And then what did the migrants do? They started going after the officers. They started punching the officers, throwing chairs, throwing backpacks. Of course, we all know the horrible scenes that we saw happening in Times Square where that group of migrants started beating up on police officers, doing drop kicks on them. It was just horrible and just shameful. And now tonight, some new news that a 17-year-old migrant was stabbed during a wild brawl that involved apparently dozens of people, including other migrants. And guess where it happened? In Times Square. The victim, who is believed to be from Nicaragua, was being chased by a large group. They got in a fight, and uh, one of them knifed him in the back, and apparently people said they saw someone running, and there was blood coming from his back, coming from everywhere, and he was running through Times Square. This is incredible, and these cases just keep happening over and over and over again. And we hear more about these increased turf wars that are happening between some of these brutal gangs like Tren de Aragua, which is the big gang from that is from Venezuela because it's come from Aragua, Venezuela. Then also MS-13, that's the other one, kind of carving out different places of New York City. It is getting really, really bad. And if you think it's getting bad in New York, Uh, You should also hear about Chicago because they're not happy there whatsoever. And just recently, there was a city council hearing that took place and a number of residents in Chicago came out and said they feel like second class citizens. And many of them were African-Americans. They said, you know, why are you not helping our community? Why are you putting all your money and all your effort and all your attention toward the migrants? We hear it also in New York here. We hear it across the country. And listen to this woman who was just screaming, ranting last night and downright angry at the priorities of the mayor of Chicago saying, why are taxpayer dollars going to migrants before American citizens? That's what's up. That's what has happened in the United States now. All this asylum seeking lie, all this about refugees. No, no, no. What's happening is they're emptying out the dregs of their jails into the United States, into our communities. They're junking up our country. And yeah, we feel some kind of way about it because it's our country. It's our country. And I want you to know, Brandon Johnson, I understand what Breakmore's saying about we still own the plantation, but what you're looking at right now, this is what a free Negro look like. And I'm telling you, we're going to get our city back. We're going to stand for our people. We're going to get them out of our communities because they don't deserve to be there. Anytime they can't give us three lousy minutes of their attention while we sit here and watch y'all get them all kind of money, you watch us. We black out here, and we're going to handle our business. You watch that. I'm a free black woman. This is how we get down. 
Wow, there were so many emotions. And residents there are furious. They are outright furious. And we feel it across the country. It just doesn't make sense. And it comes on the heels of in New York City. This new contract, which is giving the free debit cards, that's at least $53 million, potentially 15000 to a family of four migrants with two kids. That's crazy. Think about how much that money, how far it could go to homeless veterans, to other people, uh, at a time where people are paying through the wazoo for their mortgages. It's costing so much more just even to go to the grocery store these days. You go to a restaurant, any of these things, gas. I mean, so many of these things, especially the food, because transportation, all these other things, it is costing so much money and families are struggling. There is a story that one in four New York City kids are at the poverty level. That is frightening. So what's going on? The migrants are getting this. And then we're seeing increased crime, as we just talked about, yet this other case that happened in Times Square. And so Texas, in the middle of all this, is also trying to fight the fight. And the governor of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, who I think is trying to do the best he can. Can you imagine? It's so bad in New York. It's so bad in Chicago. It's so bad in basically every city across this country. It is nothing compared to what Texas is dealing with. Texas just celebrated taking back an island that was called a safe haven. It was right near near the U.S.-Mexico border, and it was a location where the cartels were operating without impunity for a long time. And Texas is now celebrating, saying, we're taking the fight to the cartels. They found drugs and weapons, and it looked like it was a heavy operation location for the cartels. Can you imagine how crazy this is? Texas has to do it on its own because they feel the Biden administration isn't doing anything. And yet, if you listen to the governor of Illinois, of course, where Chicago is, Governor Pritzker, a Democrat, who does he blame for the problems that are going on in the country? He doesn't look at the White House. Listen to who he blames, he is going after Governor Abbott. Over the last 18 months, more than 35,000 asylum seekers have arrived in Illinois. Most of them landed here in buses sent by Governor Abbott of Texas. Abbott willfully planned the arrival of these individuals in locations and at times that would engender the maximum chaos for the city of Chicago and for the asylum seekers themselves. Children. Pregnant women and the elderly have been sent here in the dead of night, left far from our designated welcome centers, in freezing temperatures, wearing flip-flops and t-shirts. Think about that the next time a politician from Texas wants to lecture you about being a good Christian. That is disgusting. So uh, Abbott's, I guess, not a good Christian because he doesn't want to have every single migrant, all 10 million Stay in the state of Texas. And here's a little bit more from Governor Pritzker of Illinois. Joe Biden has been a very good president who has rescued the economy and protected freedom. But states and cities, states and cities in the country's interior are not equipped alone to handle the rapid influx of new arrivals that we have seen. The White House and the federal government need to step up to coordinate and manage these asylum seekers when they cross the border. 
And they shouldn't leave it to the governor of Texas, who has no goal but to sow chaos and destruction. That is unbelievable that the goal is to sow chaos and destruction, but a wide open border and migrant turf wars that are happening and crime and a lot of people that are crossing the border that are clearly unvetted, unchecked, that doesn't sow chaos and destruction. And yet they're applauding President Biden, who now is suddenly having an epiphany after he's seeing poll after poll after poll showing that he's tanking against President Trump or almost anybody on the handling of the border because it's so blatant. It's so obvious. Even Democrats are saying they don't like his policies on the border because they're concerned. You heard it from the residents in, you know, the blue state of Illinois, you know, and you heard it from residents in the blue state of New York, typically. So that's why this is such a huge issue. But Biden isn't doing it because he's worried about the border. He's worried about politics. He's worried about getting reelected and he'll do anything. And so now he's even going back to, the rumor has it, back to executive orders and putting in place a lot of the things that President Trump had in place. So all he had to do was just sit in his basement and keep the policies Trump had, and we would have been a lot better off. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line three. Mike, your thoughts. I, I don't read it. The Biden administration that was flying people into Westchester County in the middle of the night to destroy this Christian country. But there's one other thing. The Chinese are after our ports and terminals, Rita. Everybody, all the things that have been happening in New York City uh, is all orchestrated by the same people, okay? They want everybody to leave. So this is why they're hitting Trump hard to scare all the big money guys to leave because they're not scaring so easy. So this is why this judge, who's just as radical as the rest of them, uh, is putting such a big burden on, on Trump to ch- chase all the other guys out so they leave the ports and terminals free for China, for that Iranian money to be funneled into China, for, to have these uh, nationals, the, the Chinese nationals here, to go and buy their properties on the ports and terminals. That that Iranian cash is coming, going to go into the Chinese nationals, they're going to buy the, those ports and terminals. This is what they're after, the way they bought the Panama Canal. They bought the Panama Canal so our warships couldn't go through. They had to go around... Uh, uh, Cape Horn. So, but that's useless because the fleets are already there. So they, that's no use to them anymore. They want our ports and terminals. If they get our ports and terminals, it's over. They did that to Greece. They, they're doing it to other countries. Okay. So all you big money guys, just stick it out, man. And anybody that's got money, Invest in our ports and terminals. Don't let the Chinese uh, radicals get them. Don't let anybody scare you. Mike, thank you. Let's go to Susan, line two. Susan, your thoughts. Okay. Pritzker, excusez-moi, didn't he make that a sanctuary state? Yes. Yes. Come one, come all. Okay. The immigrants tell the the, uh, governor where they want to go. They want to go to the sanctuary cities where... You know, the streets are paved in gold for them. So, gosh darn, I mean, I just can't take these lies and this BS. And I just, and also, I just have to say how much I admire you for getting Stan on so we can really hear Trump derangement, you know, syndrome and just what we're up against. Because there's a lot of these people that are just, you know, they're so irrational. 
So we have to get like 40 people for every one of them, all of us. We can't sit and wait for anyone else to do it. And we have to back President Trump in New York State and try to take this thing. And what about the 85,000 children that the government said like, come across the border that are missing? No, that's a great point because we have no idea where the 85,000 are. And if they really cared about kids... Uh, they would be looking feverishly. We don't even also hear about fentanyl. That's the other thing, too. Nobody talks about fentanyl. Nobody says, uh, boy, what can we do to save American lives? They don't do that. They don't discuss that. So to me, this this is a really uh, just pure case of hypocrisy. And, and it's so ripe that now suddenly we're hearing, oh, gosh, uh, maybe I can do an executive order. I can do something to seal the border. Uh, that is such a joke, and it is so blatant politics, and you're right. We suddenly have 85,000 kids, and we have zero idea, uh, and horrible situation. Things happen to them. We were talking about um, Goya, GoyaCares.com. They fight human trafficking. You can bet when the cartels are thriving, as they are, it is not good news for young kids and for anybody, a lot of people who are being trafficked across that border. And, uh, boy, I pray for those kids every single day. That is a, that is abominable, and they never mention it, Susan. You are so spot on. And everybody, let's now go to our Support Our Heroes segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes. Heroes segment with a powerful story from Humboldt County, California, where a veteran named Rena Mavidi enlisted in the Coast Guard in 1987. She was also helping veterans access benefits. And this week, in fact, tomorrow, she is going to be honored in beautiful Eureka, California, which is gorgeous, as a hero of the year. I love this story. So this veteran, Rena Mavidi, she graduated from high school in 1984, and soon afterwards, she enlisted in the U.S. Coast Guard just a few years later. Then she went through rigorous training, and she eventually was stationed at Honolulu, Hawaii. After serving her country for two years, she was discharged honorably, and then she wanted to continue to serve her country after leaving the Coast Guard. She worked as a worker compensation and billing specialist for medical world, and she was helping specifically with veterans trying to transition. She also went through the California Veterans Service Representative Academy, where she learned skills to navigate the laws, the very complex regulations, and also claim process that so many veterans are overwhelmed in doing. In fact, she worked in the Veterans Service Office ever since, and has helped over 12,000 veterans. So it's beautiful to see this veteran who has continued to serve her country and help so many of our great veterans of all ages that she is being honored there in beautiful Eureka, California tomorrow, recognizing her incredible accomplishments in and out of uniform. And everybody, do whatever you can to help the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation They do so much to support America's military and our great 
first responder heroes. All it takes, by the way, is just $11 a month. It's that easy and it makes an enormous difference. So donate $11 a month to the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Go to t2t.org, t2t.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, uh, we hope to get more details tomorrow on this massive cellular outage in the U.S. that took place. Was it a glitch or was it something else? Also, we'll find out what Biden plans to do to put Russia in check. I can basically tell you one word, nothing, uh, or so incremental that it really is making the Kremlin laugh and the rest of us cringe. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And meantime, we have that wide open southern border that is concerning so many Americans and busting the budgets of so many major American cities. Let's go to Sandra. Line three. Sandra, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. Good evening. You know, I was thinking how we spend our money to buy all the immigrants, you know, phones, and then these Venezuelan gangsters come, and they're recruiting innocent immigrants, luring them to come and learn how to steal phones from us. So they go on WhatsApp and they say, if you want to make a lot of money, call us. We'll teach you how to steal phones from, you know, how they how they swipe them from us and then they send them back to their country and they make money. So they're trying to recruit people on the very phones that we buy them. So I was just thinking about that. You know, that's a, you know, by the way, Sandra, that's a great point because you're right. We give them the free phones and they're making, we're hearing anywhere from like three to 600 when they swipe uh, another person's phone after they get the alert on the phone that we gave them. And then let's not forget also, then they go back to the migrant shelter because many of them list the migrant shelter as their home, as their residence. And then they go back and they eat the food that we've given them. And in some cases, they don't like the food. They're throwing the food out saying it's not good enough. We've heard reports not just from the migrant shelters, but from some of these hotels that they're put up that the food just isn't good enough. I can think of a lot of people who would appreciate free food in our country.